Hi, everybody. Can we have people, like, move to the middle a little bit? Yeah? No? <clears throat> All right. Good evening, guys. So tonight, uh, I'm going to be in Matthew 26, starting at verse, no, I lied. Matthew 27, starting at verse 35. So I was in, um, I was in my world major religions class, and we are going over Christianity lately. We actually just finished it, so. I've got a test coming up some rally sometime this week. And um, we're going over Christ and his characteristics, like who he is and what he was and why he came to earth and all the theological aspects of it. And uh, I'm kind of more the one of the more talkative people in the class. Everyone else is kind of just like they have to take it because they have to take it. They don't really care that much about it. And... So I'm one of the more talkative people. There's a middle-aged kind of guy who's a little bit talkative. There's like an older, like kind of a middle-aged couple of ladies in the back who will talk more and share their opinion. Other than that, there's really only a few kids that will ask questions here and there. But there's these pair of like, they're Filipino. I know because I hear them like talking Filipino every now and again. And uh, they'll ask questions and they're Catholic. So they kind of know like a little bit about scripture, but not like, full on, they haven't studied things out, they haven't uh, followed things to like their completion, there's just, they just they're a little confused in a few areas and they, we're going over Christ's crucifixion and they asked an interesting question, they're like, if Christ knew that he was going to be crucified he knew why he came to earth why did he on the cross cry out to God and say like God, why have you forsaken me? And it's a good question and in class, it initially, it brought me back a couple of years to when I asked the question myself and when I studied it out and, and I was looking for answers the same way and I pulled out my Bible and, and it's been on my heart for the last couple of weeks and uh, I really want to share that with you. So we're going to be starting at chapter 35, Matthew 27, verse 35, and the title of my message, if you guys are taking notes, is In the Pain. So this is verse 35. They've already sentenced Christ, more or less. They've already brought him before Pilate, and they've demanded that he be crucified. They've already sent him to Herod, and they sent him back. And they're taking him. They've already flogged him, and they're taking him up to the mountain where he's going to be crucified. They're taking him to the Golgotha. And they, they're crucifying him. So this is verse 35. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. That's gambling. And then they sat down and kept watch over him. And over his head, they put the accusation against him, which read, This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And at the same time, two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right hand and one on the left hand. And those who were passed by spoke reproachfully and abusively, jeering at him and wagging their heads. And they said, 
You who would tear down the sanctuary of the temple and rebuild it in three days, rescue yourself from death if you are the Son of God. Come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests with the scribes and elders made sport of him, saying, He rescued others from death. Himself he cannot rescue from death. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe in and acknowledge and cleave to him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he cares for him, and we will have him. And he said, For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also abused and reproached him and made sport of him the same way. And now from the sixth hour, that's noon, and from uh, there was darkness over the land until the ninth hour, which is like three o'clock. And about the ninth hour, three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama shabachanai. That is to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it's a good question. And you might wonder, as a Christian, having heard the crucifixion story maybe once or twice and maybe read it a couple times yourself, like, why is he, why is he crying out to God like this? It sounds a little bit like he's taken off, like taken by surprise by it, like maybe he, he wasn't expecting something or something's going on that he, he didn't understand. And in some ways, you'd be right. But this verse actually refers to, and the whole crucifixion has actually been uh, prophesied in the Old Testament. And uh, that verse in particular, and a few other verses, it refers to a psalm, Psalm 22, uh, which we're going to go to now really fast. And the psalm actually starts out, this is Psalm 22. Psalm starts off, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? And Christ is, this is, this is a pinnacle moment in his life. This is really just the, the fulfillment of everything that he's come to earth to uh, have done and and everything is led up to this moment and he's still he's thinking about scripture even in the pain and and the confusion and the frustration and the whole psalm and i I really you should read through it because it's amazing um how it kind of jumps back and forth from i'm i'm my bones are out of joint i'm so lost why are you so far from me and at the same time going back and saying but god you're so good and and you're merciful and you're great and people should praise you and and at the end uh it ends in praise but the whole the whole psalm really refers to christ's crucifixion like verse 7 those who see me laugh and mock me they shout out the lip they shake their head saying he trusted and rolled himself on the lord and he would deliver him, let him deliver him, seeing that he delights in him. Verse, like verse 16. For they, uh, like a pack of dogs, have encompassed me. A company of evil doers have encircled me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Uh, verse 18. They part my clothing among them and cast lots for my raiment. It's, it's so interesting that Christ knew in some way exactly what was going to be happening to him when he was crucified. Because he'd read this, he was studied in the scripture, and he, he, to some understanding, like he knew. But 
there are other aspects that, who knows, like when you, when you experience something, it's much different than understanding like, oh, like this is happening. You think about like, say maybe your hand getting chopped off, you can think about it, but you won't really know what it's like unless your hand gets chopped off. And at the same time, there's like, there's different forms of pain. So like, if you stub your toe, right? You stub your toe or maybe you cut your hand or you're working in the kitchen or whatever. You can look at those things objectively. You can say, oh, well, my toe hurts or my hand hurts. And you can kind of take yourself out of that pain. But what Christ is experiencing here, and, and I can equate it to a story that I heard about a doctor who was a surgeon and he had a heart attack. And um, the only way he could describe how the pain was when he was having the heart attack was that I couldn't take myself out of the pain. Like anything else, I could say, well, my back is hurting or I have a headache or this or that. But I, when my heart attack struck and I couldn't function and I felt it, I was in the pain. And here we see Christ in a very similar situation and he's in the pain. Like he's, he's experiencing it and he's thought about it for so long and it's frustrated him and he sweat blood because he knew it was coming. But here it comes and it's hitting him and he's experiencing it and he's in it. Like he's... It's not something you can prepare yourself for properly. And... It's so interesting because it makes me think of, so you, you, can, you can be in different types of pain. And the interesting is that physical pain is easier to dis- disassociate yourself from. You can get hurt in your body and you can just, well, my body hurts. But emotional pain is different in that we feel it personally, no matter what it is. And you can, you can be like so wrapped up in it much easier than physical pain like it takes a lot more physical pain to to drive you to that brink than it does emotional pain like emotional pain it it doesn't take a whole lot and I think of a time in my life when I was the same way like I was in the pain And, and I think of a time that I was in high school, I was a junior and a senior, recently saved, still trying to figure it all out, and still in that space where like, I didn't really know how to talk to God, and, and I was still like, are you really listening to me, and what's going on? And at the time, my mother was passing away from cancer. Uh, my grades weren't all that well. I was distracted in school. Um, I was struggling with this well, so I, I'm following God, but I'm not doing a great job of it. So how do I do better at that? And, and me and my mother would fight a lot, and it would be really, really ugly. Like, we didn't, we didn't fight fair. If you guys know, like, what that's like, it's like you fight fair with someone, you have an argument with someone, you're, you're, taking, an issue, you're taking issue with something that they've done, and it's you you kind of it's not a personal thing it's like hey i this thing that you did like that's really bad and i wish you hadn't have done that and we didn't fight like that we'd say things for the express purpose of hurting each other and when you get to that point it it gets really ugly really fast and you get hurt and you hurt other people and so 
I would go to bed angry. I'd just be furious. And another point, like going to bed angry is never a good idea. And it's not just because God says don't go to bed angry. Like that's because it's not good for you. Like God says it because it's like, hey, you you shouldn't do it because it's not healthy. It's going to mess you up more than than you should. Like have anger, it's you have to express it, but work it out and I'll help you work it out, but let go of it before the sun sets. Like you have a limit to it. But for me, that didn't happen and I'd be uh, in bed frustrated and I just feel like I, I was just in the pain. And it was a time in my life where I felt like I sighed more than I breathed. Does that make sense? Like, like you're so just, you feel like you just, like you sigh more than you breathe. And I would cry out to God. And at the time, I had no idea why. I was just in bed, angry and frustrated and hurting, and I would start crying and weeping and praising God. And it made no sense to me because it's like I've got this, I've got two extremes, and, and they're coming together. And it's only a little later when I, when I followed this out that I realized, like, Christ is so amazing because he understands us on a first-hand basis in a way no other God could. Like any other religion, he, he, God can only understand you at some point because like, he hasn't experienced what you've experienced. But Christ came to earth and he experienced what he walked in the ways of man. He never sinned, but he was tempted. And he never, like, in that, like because he never sinned, he never hurt others, but he was hurt. Like he experienced pain and and he was betrayed and he was abandoned and he was mocked and broken and and he has experienced all those things. When you're at that breaking point, when I was at that breaking point, I can cry out to him and he knows what I'm going through. And it's not this unpersonal thing where you're talking to a God who's like, that sucks. I don't know what that's like because he knows what it's like. And he experienced it. And you can come to him and he can, he can comfort you. And he's been there. And that brings me such comfort to know that I, I serve a God who's been there. And we've been talking a lot about Christ's temptations and, and how as a man, because he had the spirit of a man, but also the spirit of God, he was tempted, but he was able to overcome that. In the same way, it says the devil tempted him and then left him for a more opportune time. And I think probably the most opportune time was the 24 hours or so before he was crucified. We have the week before he, he enters Jerusalem and he has the triumphant entry and the, and the crowd is celebrating and cheering and they're like, yes, this is great. This guy is it's probably the Messiah. He's the best candidate we've had for it so far. And a week or so later... They're like, crucify him. Like, they turn so quickly. And in the same way, like, Judas betrays him. The disciples abandon him. Peter denies him. Like, all those things, like, they happen, but we don't really examine, like, how Christ might have felt about that. Because it's hard for us to imagine, like, God 
having feelings that those things would hurt him on a personal level. And that in that same instance, you, you see the, that Satan is working in that and he's, and he's coming to him and he's saying, like, here, here's one of, the, one of the, the fourth temptation is like, get angry and get callous and let your heart get cold and want revenge on these people. Like you came to them and you've healed them and you've preached to them and you've, you've been their shepherd and they've betrayed you almost at the drop of a dime and, and you, have, you could call down angels and do whatever you want to. Like bow to me and I'll take care of it. Like the same, like some of the same temptations that he experienced in the desert come right back to him. Like they take him before Herod and Herod's like, Sweet, I've heard about this guy. I want to see a sign. And Christ knows what's going on. And they see like the whisper in his ear is like, turn the rocks in the bread. Turn the rocks on the bread and Herod will get you off the hook. Or when he's on the cross, like take yourself off the cross if you're the son of God. Like the same thing, throw yourself from the temper mount and and the, the angels will lift you up because they'll, they won't have you strike your foot against the stone. And so they're saying, take yourself off the cross if you're this Messiah. Do it, prove it to all of us, and then we'll follow you. But you see, the parallel is if he'd done that, then we would still all be damned. And he sees that, and he's like, if there's any other way, and in the, in, in the garden, he said, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me, but not as I will it, as you will it, because I love them and they're worth it. And he's, he, he's in the pain, but he's not letting the pain control him and turn him, and he's not letting it turn him into sin, like turn him to sin. And I, and I realize now that God was using those experiences to, to really just break my heart because at the point, like, I had been betrayed and I'd been hurt and I'd let my heart get cold and really be turned to stone. And I want to share with you guys a verse that it's one of those, it's one of those verses that we, we do this thing at camp where we're like, Pick a verse and memorize it, and it should have like personal significance to you. It should mean something to you. So we're going to go to Ezekiel chapter, ver- chapter 36, verse 26. And I like it because it's easy to remember. Not just because it's easy to remember. It's a great verse, but also because it's easy to remember. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. And the verse follows, A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I realized, like, I needed a new heart. Like, we all need new hearts. And even then, like, we need our hearts protected once we have new ones, and we need the love of God to do that. And we let... We need to let Christ's grace come inside us and, and keep us from becoming callous because a heart of stone doesn't feel much, but it doesn't love either.
And it wasn't until recently that I realized that the next verse is almost just as, just as good, really. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall heed my ordinances and do them. And we talk about how do we, how do we follow what God wants to do with, do, uh, with us? How do we have that heart that can get hurt but not want to hurt others back? How do we have grace for people? How do we walk in honesty and righteousness? And we need His Spirit. And I've been trying recently to, to pray that, um, that God fills me with His Spirit every day. Because some of us, well, I leak. You know, you leak. And even today, like I, I, was, I was preparing this and I was getting ready to preach and I kind of just knew. I was like, something's going to happen to mess with me because something happens. It, it never fails. Something always happens and, and I get angry or irritated or frustrated. And, and lo and behold, something did. And it, it was very similar <laughs> to the message in hindsight in that... Um, like I knew, like I kind of like, oh, something's going to happen and I'm going to be like, and, and it did and it didn't help because I was experiencing it and knowing that it was coming very, very, were just different things. But it's funny because I think God let it happen so that I could talk to you and, and having just experienced it on a very personal level that when you get hurt like you can you can call on him and and focus on him and ask him come into my heart and come into my mind and give me grace and help me to see people for how you saw them and to be able to forgive, especially those, those things that we hold on to, the hurts that we've had for maybe years and we've never let go of. And they'll keep your heart stony. And sometimes it's, it's not just a, a one-time thing. Sometimes you gotta do a little chipping first. And even after that, sometimes you, you let it get a little stony after it's new and you gotta chip those things off. Is this helping anybody, or is it just me? <laughs> so I really, I kind of just want to pray for you guys tonight, for anyone who, who wants to have that, who wants to, to open themselves up to that, and let God work in them in a way that maybe you've been holding back. So I'm just going to close in prayer and um, we can do a repeat after me and then afterwards if if you'd like, I, I'd like to pray for you guys individually. Just come and see me after. Um, I know we're ending a little early, but it's alright. Okay. Lord, this is a repeat after me. So you guys got to participate, right? Lord, Thank you for what you did on Calvary.
Thank you for promising to give us new hearts. And thank you for being our well of love and grace when our own is not sufficient. Help us to get rid of those old slights and those old resentments and to really love people the way that you love them. Take, uh, take away our stony hearts and give us hearts of flesh, Lord. We thank you, and in Christ's name we pray, amen.